What's going on, Whisper Nation? It's Monday, which you means knows another mock draft coming your way. It's August 23rd, and we got a 14-team best ball half-point PPR draft coming your way. Let's get to it. Right here. Big Travi, Johnny Game Time Hicks. How are you guys doing? What's going on, Johnny? Oh, not much. I'm excited for today. We've been uh, a lot of people have been asking about the best ball drafts. We thought that we do a little switch up and the winner of this special surprise. Make sure you guys get in on this on this best ball draft. We got a few spots left open, but the winner of this best ball draft will be automatically entered into the 2022 listener league draft, which we had that draft yesterday. Uh, but they will be entered in the 2022 Listener League draft as a winner of today's mock. So ex- exciting stuff. That is super exciting. You want to tell folks how they can get to be a part of this TFW best ball? Because I know that this one's a little bit different of a login. And we want to make sure Whisper Nation has every chance to get a part of this mock draft. Yeah, so we tweeted out uh, the – you just click on the link that we tweeted out to the sleeper and just accept that as well as it is in our Discord. We dropped that link there as well, and then I believe Travis just dropped it in our chat. So if you click on that link, you will be entered – entered – entered <laughs> – entered into this league, and then we'll get to drafting. All right. And Big Travi, do you want to go ahead and break it down a little bit for the listeners? What is a best ball draft, right? I know everybody's heard about it. It's somewhat new in the fantasy football world. Um, And so maybe for those who haven't actually gotten to it, uh, let them know what they're about to get themselves involved with. It's either the uh, lazy fantasy players or the inundated fantasy players. Best, uh, you know, best ball league is is their best dream come true, because basically what this means is you're going to draft this one time with us. Then you're not going to have to worry about your lineups or waivers or trades or anything after that. You are just going to set it and forget it. The computer, uh, you know, uh Tesla's robot is essentially going to be picking your lineup for you each and every week. The best possible scenario, if, if a player on your bench scores higher than your starter, that will be your then starter. You know, it's like grading uh, on an average kind of, or on a curve a little bit. It's also just, you know, a way for you to get more involved in more fantasy leagues, get exposure to players you normally wouldn't because they are going to be better in a best ball league because they are more of a ceiling player. Um, and so this is just a really fun format that's really taken the the industry by storm and become a very popular uh, format to play in. Oh, right on, man. Well, I'm really excited to be seeing this one. And we talked a little bit about it before. I hadn't gotten to be a part and see one of these up close and personal. So I'm really looking forward to being a part of this. Whisper Nation, if you're tuning in, make sure you join uh, the Whisper Nation. And this one's a little bit different because it's not just a link. You got to click to join the league. So don't get thrown off by that step. You join the league just because there is no mock draft that happens for a best ball. But it's 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 nothing any more serious than any of the other links we normally share. So you go ahead and you just join that league and it just keeps track of it. And it's just the method that we're using here to conduct this best ball mock draft. So Johnny's got that one up on Discord. Got it up on Twitter as well, right, Johnny? Yeah, six spots left. So we got six spots open. Yeah, you guys just make sure you grab you you know click that link to join as Austin said, and then also uh, make sure you you jump in the draft room so you can get it. Oh, and I gotta make sure room. that I'm seeing it in here. Mock draft draft yeah, room. It's strange for on my end, I'm I'm not seeing anybody but me and Johnny in, even though I see that people have joined the league in the actual draft room. I'm only seeing. Yeah, Johnny, do we have to click uh, an Adam to the? 
draft positions or how do we make sure that we've got uh we have uh they're filling up now i could see them on that we need we have just four spots left open four spots left okay so we'll go ahead and just wait here a couple of minutes and while that's happening um johnny is there anything the listeners should know that there's you know anything particular to to pay attention to with a best ball it's like we're doing a half point ppr other than that, like all the other normal fantasy rules are in place, right? It's just you you set it and forget it, essentially, your lineup, that is. Yeah. Um, so you want to swing a little bit more for upside on these ones. So you're not necessarily looking so much at floor plays. You're looking at uh, what is the potential ceiling, and you're kind of trying to hit a home run with, with most of your picks. And uh, because, like you said, there's no trading. There's no adding on waivers. It's just whatever you draft, that's players you get. Uh, so it is, it is, uh, sorry, I'm getting like notifications on people joining and stuff. So, um, it is what you want, what you want to do is you just want to try to get the best maximized potential points every single week. So again, it's like those, those later round guys that, you know, will tend to pop off on a random week or whatever you end up getting that points or those points in your lineup, no matter what. So it's kind of nice in that sense. Uh, that's what we like to, uh, play with is the ceiling we like all those points we like to play with the ceiling uh <laughs> dancing on top of it if you will so just a couple more spots left whisper nation if you want to get a part of this best ball mock draft the winner of which is going to be a part of the next year's listener league we just got to have our listener league draft yesterday that was on sunday 14 teamer um put together johnny and travis are running a team philly chelsea and i are running a team we've got last year's champ and jay blizzy who's on the show our number one fan jacob bly alex stroh from wisconsin we got a lot of great folks who've been a part of programs in the past uh and then everybody is in the list or all listeners of the show a part of it it's a really fun league the chat's been going uh competitive league too some really good squads we saw put together yesterday it was fun to hear the commentary during the draft about that so winner of this gets a chance to be in next year so don't miss out on that opportunity Austin, how are you feeling about that uh, roster you guys put together yesterday? So 14 team, you went with that RB anchor, heavy wide yeah. receiver. Uh, how you how you found, feeling like you shake, shook out there? I'm enjoying it, man. My old, I'll start with the weakness. I've got a RB2 issue. I got Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. One of the two will be filling that RB2. But the way I'm looking at it is that's my only real hole. And it's got a serviceable option there. Uh, everywhere else has got a pretty good ceiling player and a decent floor play as well. I love my wide receivers. Chris McCaffrey is at one anchor to, you know, w- waited on quarterbacks, but got Tom Brady and uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton, just in case the season starts squirrely. Uh, so I'm feeling really good about it, man. And low key. I love my uh, uh, Butker at the kicker position and Rams defense pickup. I know we fade on those a lot, but I consider both those guys elite at those passed over positions. And yeah, I, and you I, get I those like with your guy. last two picks. I had to hop off the stream there. Second to last, okay. second to last one. That's pretty yeah. good to, to wait on those positions and, and snag those. Two. I know I was like, all right. And so, cause yeah. someone took like the Washington football team defense and, and I think I like round 11. So they jumped up kind of early on that, but yeah. yeah, I was stoked to see it's still available. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting twist this year. We did 14 team last year for the listener league and we saw the, you know, atrophy and the, and the, did we do 16 the, team? Was it? I think it was 14. I think, no, it was 16 team last year. Yeah. It was 16. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder I'm feeling like uh, we got a better team this year than I got last year because we did, because there were two, two less spots to compete with. Yeah. That would have been, could you imagine a 16 team super flex? 
Man, that's why we starting. went down to 14 team i believe it's like that was our logic behind it, it was like hey we want to do super do flex but 16 super flex is a lot you know the, you know one thing i'll say though on the super flex there's actually more juice on the waiver wire right now than i was expecting there to be and i think that's because there's literally zero starting quarterbacks other than andy dalton on the waiver wire he's the only technical starter that we got on the waiver so everybody swooped up all the qbs as expected in a super flex but that has left guys like T.Y. Hilton and, um, you know, I picked up at the waiver wire yesterday. Now, I'm not saying they're great guys, but dudes on the waiver that in a 14 teamer you wouldn't expect to be there. Yeah, with that super flex, those positions, yeah. those skill position players get pushed down a little bit in there for sure. So I think I almost think it's like a better idea if you're doing a, a 16 teamer, like a fatty league, like super flex is not a bad way to do it. It fills up roster spots with other positions that would otherwise be left on the roster or on the waiver. Absolutely. We're just waiting on four four spots. Well, no, four spots left. And then you hit the randomizer for the draft. Uh, But we're waiting for four more spots to get in here. And then we could start this bad boy. All right. So uh, jump on in here. We got the links being shared on Twitter. We have them being shared through Discord. And we've got a few spots that are left in our best ball mock draft. The winner of this mock draft is going to be uh, uh, have an option to be a part of our listener league next year. So the TFW listener league 2022, uh, we got some spots on the line coming up for that. We can Tony rhyme here is talking about if 16 team, I don't think I do super flex. I do scoring similar to Scott SF fish. Yeah. Yeah. So how would that work? Cause you guys are both playing in the Scotty fishbowl. What would you think of doing something players. like this for a 16 teamer? Um, well it's 12 team in Scott fishbowl. So I don't think it's, it would be the same. Uh, and, and that's a tight end premium with the super flex. So I, I think, well, what they do is what he does in order to try to count balance. So he like adds like, um, incomplete passes. Uh, you get minus points right. for that. And then you get uh, points for first downs as well, rushing first downs. So that's where like the tiered part comes in because it makes it makes guys like, um, for example, uh, Derek Carr was a huge target of a lot of teams because he's he's fairly accurate. He doesn't throw a a ton, but he can. Right there's the upside there, but he's just really accurate, and so you end up the quarterbacks like a Kirk cousins as well, become a little bit more valuable when it's kind of like a tiered kind of system. Good point here. Question from last year's listener league champ, uh, Jay Blizzy, AKA Josh, a are picks going to stay two minutes. I believe that's for uh, the mock draft coming up. 60 no, seconds, it be 60 seconds. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be moving it a little bit quicker, but there will be 15 rounds, no kicker, no defense, but the benches are deeper. So we've got a little bit more, coming your there we way. go three more spots let's go we got this all right all right Turn my cube but not for the next two teams eric zuber yeah austin that was me by accident uh washington football team there it is yeah talking about the round 11 the early pickup they were in my cube but not for the next two teams i had sleeper issues uh that happens and it's good to use the queue i've been in that exact same position before though where you start utilizing the queue for guys that you want but then your internet cuts out earlier than you thought and so then auto pick comes in play and it goes to your queue and you're like i wasn't expecting to pull on these guys to like round 12 or 13. 
it's it somewhat happens. Technical glitches happen across the board, which is one of the things I would say, Whisper Nation, when you have your real draft coming up, which I know a lot of us in the fantasy football world have on our calendars, um, do yourself and your league mates a favor. And if you're drafting online, still come up with protocol to address technical issues. It will save a lot of headache. It'll save a lot of friendships. Um, just go ahead and say like, look, if my internet cuts out, or if there's whatever happens tech glitch wise, come up with protocol. Like in our league, we also have a live video chat going on if we do a digital draft. And so then if your sleeper cuts out, you can say like, hey, I'm selecting this person and we give you a verbal ability. Or if a guy gets taken that you didn't want, be like, no, 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 that's not who I wanted. Because we wanna make sure people are getting who they actually intended to take, not just following technicalities, if you will. And so set that up, even if your league is really familiar with itself, um, go over what those tech glitch protocols would be because I don't, I don't know how many hundreds of drafts I've done in my lifetime, but there's almost always one person who suffers from some pretty egregious tech glitch. We've got one spot left one spot left. We can do this. We can awesome. do that's this. Some, that's some great. Uh, I didn't mean to just cut you off and talk about the spots there, but yeah, that's a great point. I mean, just make sure you have some of this stuff, you know, forward think on some of this stuff. So you don't end up in those glitchy situations where people are left out or feeling like they're in the cold on stuff. Yeah. Little things like that. Another little housekeeping things with your draft is draft season is before us. Talk about the rules of your draft. I know how silly and mundane that can sound, but everybody's got a little bit of a different idea about what a standard league these days looks like. Is it three wide receivers or is it two wide receivers? Do you have a tight end in your flex position or not? Is it a super flex position? How many bench spots do you have? Um, what are the defensive scoring settings? What are six points per passing touchdown or four points per passing touchdown? Maybe do five points per passing touchdown. Um, there's a penalties for uh, pick sixes, things like that. There are a lot of little metrics that you see coming more and more into the fabric of everyday casual lunch leagues um, that still end up taking a different twist. So just confirm what the rules are for the league you're about to get started in because that can and should have a drastic impact on how you draft that team. Amen. One you're more spot. On. One more? One more spot. One, one more, more spot, spot, Whisper Nation. Make sure you're following on Twitter. Make sure that you have uh, followed the Discord link, right, Johnny? That's what we follow the Discord link. You can you can yep. follow the link. You get you drop that one here in the chat. Um, follow that as we got a lot of great offers that come through. First drops of the link you can find in there, um, and be a part of our live mock drafts that we do every single Monday, uh, twelve months out of the year. We don't do mock drafts during but the football no, season. Not during the football season, we don't. But so the, we only have two left. That's why we're doing this best ball because this week and next week will be uh, these best balls, and then whoever wins these will automatically get into next year's uh, listener league. So speaking of our listener league, there we Josh, go. There we go. It's full. All right. To randomize, and then we'll get this bad boy going. So speaking of here, Josh A says, I punted quarterback solely because of the six-point passing touchdowns, minus two interception scoring settings in the listener league. That impacts how you draft, you know, and those statuesque passers then have more value than in a four-point passing touchdown league. So you can wait a little bit and pick up some of these other guys. So like there I said, we go. The roll. All, All right. right. And we know the rules for this league. We're about ready to get this one fired up. Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's go. So Brocal38, welcome, Mr. Masik, Smitty Satow. Um... Oh, shoot. I, I'm in the four, groggy style, Hannibal, 
JW Hicks 96 in the seven, Brett Johnson in the eight, Jay Blizzy in the nine, Easy Daddy in the 10, Batfish 2021, Big Travi, MST Penny, excuse me, butchering that one, and Cast Pajamas there in the 14. Welcome, welcome. Let's get this draft here moving. 14 teamer, half point PPR, non super flex, three wide receivers, two running backs, one quarterback, one tight end, two flexes. No yep. kicker, no defense. Did I get that right, Johnny? Yep. All that right. sounds perfect. All right. So we saw in the listener league, Travi Hunter, or Hunter Henry, Derek Henry taken with the 1-1 overall yeah. spot. Uh, Took a little bit of heat on that one, our boy Strofe. Um, any following thoughts from that, Travi? I mean, it was just kind of like what I was trying to make the point of. It's like I get you loving Henry, and I get that even in PPR leagues, he can be talked about in the top five, top six. But yeah. there is just no feasible way in my mind that Derrick Henry finishes as the number one overall running back in a PPR league. And you see that in a situation with Christian McCaffrey in his monster year versus Derrick Henry's monster year. And we're talking about a difference of 80, 100 points, you know, in these two uh, just because of that lack of receiving work a point for every single reception for a guy like Christian McCaffrey who's getting targeted, you know, seven or eight times in a game. Like yeah. that, there's just too much of an advantage there. You look at Christian McCaffrey, he really does stand alone in terms of the ground volume and air volume. I mean, he's getting over a hundred targets. You expect to see that continue. And even guys like Dalvin cook, who people are trying to say, you know, maybe he's in that same category. We're looking at like half the targets that a right. Christian McCaffrey is going to get. And Alvin Kamara, while you're getting a similar target through the air load, you're not getting the same ground volume. So Christian McCaffrey right. really is the one and only who stands in that position, at least in that level of talent. Yeah, and I, you know, maybe that's a, you know, maybe you can go in and say I have a risk mitigation factor that comes in with CMC. And so I would rather take the durable Henry and take a bath on the receiving work in a PPR because I know the ground volume is going to be there and he's going to stay more durable than a CMC. You know, maybe that's your line of thinking. I'm not going to fault you for that. I think, you know, it's not like he took somebody outside of the top, you know, 12 inside at number one, but there is just that breakdown that it's like if you're swinging for it all, CMC is the pick. I think it's, I, I do. I really feel like 1 1. I've come around on this one. If you replay any of the mock drafts we've had, like I've tried to make cases outside of CMC, but in any type of PPR format, based on the target volume and the ground volume, the goal line work, the third down work, the early down work between the 20s, red zone, all that good stuff, he does stand alone. Outside of that, I think you can really make a case across the right. board for anybody that you want. Um, but in, in, in the 1 1 spot, it's, it's settled, at least for me. And you can't bank on injury too, right? Yeah, that's right. So, Johnny, you took Aaron Jones there. You took him at the seven spot, seen a, going a little bit earlier than in standard formats. Does that have to do with the PPR format? Or are you just feeling Aaron Jones with Aaron Rodgers back under center? Uh, I really wanted Nick Chubb, and I was hoping he fell to me. So this is – I don't – I. A lot of people are high on Aaron Jones this year, and I don't have very many shares of him, so why not throw him in there? He's a little bit better in my eyes in PPR than Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor will be like a between-the-tackles type of runner. I, I don't see him getting a huge market share uh, as far as targets. And I was kind of thinking about Austin Eckler because I have Austin Eckler pretty high uh, on my rankings as well. But like I said, this is a best ball, and Aaron Jones has – he can he can his ceiling is super high as far as on, from a game to game basis as well. So uh, that's why I went with Aaron Jones really quick and uh, sticking with the Green Bay backfield. Big Travi, do you think that A.J. Dillon is going to pose any significant threat to Aaron Jones this year? I, do, I don't. Uh, well, I do think that 
A.J. Dillon's going to have standalone value and be a nice pick. And should anything happen to Aaron Jones, you're going to love what you get out of A.J. Dillon. Um, so he should be either handcuffed or a guy that you target as a late guy, late round guy that you can go and get. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, we've seen this before. I think A.J. Dillon has probably got a chance to be a little bit better than Jamal Williams, probably just based on draft capital, size, metrics, all that stuff. But we, you know, they paid Aaron Jones the big money. They mm-hmm. he stayed. That's the guy that you know Aaron Rodgers loves. Like they're going to appease Aaron Rodgers in this offense. And you know, there's just something to be said about Aaron Jones' ability as a receiver. You know, we talk about Kamara a lot and his high mm-hmm. efficiency. You know, uh, Aaron Jones is in the same breath as Kamara in a lot of those mm-hmm. same metrics. You know, as far as breakaway and and ability to receive and yards per route run and all those kind of metrics that we look at for receiving backs. Yeah, he seems like he's just kind of left out of that conversation and the doubt that Kamara faced for, you know, his rookie season, season or so after that. Aaron Jones has gotten a little bit of that doubt coming his way. Travi, you and I talked about Aaron Jones all the time last year about how he was faded in our rankings a little bit. And that was obviously a a mistake. Um, And so and you called him Kamara light. Maybe he's just kind of like Kamara ish. Yeah, I I think that's probably a better describer for him. I keep trying to, you know, tiptoe around calling him like Kamara, but it's all there. And and, and he actually has a little bit more of a rushing um, upside, you know, mm. pure runner upside than Kamara does just because of the way that they use him in that offense. So, yeah, I think they know what they have, and I think they're going to ha- definitely have the hammer and A.J. Dillon at a lot of times, and there could be a goal line carrier too, but make no mistake. I mean, Aaron Jones is one of those few backs in the league that has – you know, 20 touchdown upside because of his ability as a receiver, the way they right. use him in the red zone and, and just, uh, you know, his overall, uh, you know, value to that offense. Dude, he's going to get so many touchdowns. Like he's just queued up to be in that role. And as Hugh Jackson had said back on the mock draft marathon, when you pay a guy like you're, this is his role. Like he could lose it, but it's his to lose. And Aaron Jones has never given us a reason to think that he's, gonna lose that speaking of guys who uh, haven't given us a reason to doubt them we got dk metcalf johnny you're taking in the second round who just had an incredible season last year i personally think he's still even being slept on i think we're still holding on to a little bit of that draft narrative that he's a one type of route receiver um what are you expecting from him coming into year three right now you obviously like him enough to take him in the second round but what do you really think about dk metcalf uh, I've, I'm really coming around that he's, you know, going to be, I mean, I, I had him in my rankings as a top five wide receiver, I, I believe uh, one spot ahead of AJ Brown. And I wasn't, you know, my ranking said that, and I wasn't confirmed about it because I still have my reserves on whether or not Seattle will throw as much as we'd like them to. However, uh, hearing him talk about, you know, his new routes that he's running and how last year it was just a lot of go routes. Uh, and so seeing him get a little bit more involved in other, you know, in his route tree this year gives me a little bit more excitement as well as for like for him to be a, a more consistent player. Right. We know what the ceiling is. Obviously, we saw a lot of ceiling games from him last the first half of last year. But I think it will also level up his floor, uh, you know, his floor from a week to week basis. He won't be so inconsistent if he can also get, you know, some of those underneath routes as well. Get him in some space because we know he's fast. We saw him run the what 100 meter. Uh, so we know he's really fast and we know he's tied to a really good quarterback. So 
Speaking of that, just really quickly, he did come in last in his heat, but it was a very, very competitive heat going against professional track stars. And I liked a lot of the commentary I saw from other track athletes commenting on DK Metcalf's performance. And they're like, look, this is a football player who just posted a very respectable 100-yard dash sprinting time. If you gave this guy six months of dedicated training, like he'd qualify. Like he's right there. And uh, that, that said a lot for me on that. So did you see the conversation, Travis? I know you took Tyree Kill. Did you see the little bits going back and forth between Tyree Kill and Usain Bolt doing a 70 yard dash for charity yeah. or, yeah. and like what, a little be, bit. Yeah. It's uh, this the Super Bowl ring up. on the table for the gold medal. Yeah. Oh, dang. Did you, you see that pink, Johnny? The pink slips. Oh, man. I didn't plan mm-hmm. for pink slips. Hey. Play for keeps. Usain Bolt said, let's do it. I'll put my gold medal down. You put your Super Bowl ring down. What would you rather have a Super Bowl ring or a gold medal? Uh, that's tough. I have an affinity yeah. towards football, but gold medal is like just, I mean, this, like, let's yeah. say it's of similar it's stature. World, it's, it's not yeah. like, you know, you're like, I, 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 I smirk any sport, but you know I what I mean? I think I want to say, yeah, I mean, that's funny. Like if you're like, oh, what did I get it in? You know, I got it in like canoeing versus, you know, I do like, oh, dude, canoeing. But uh, like how cool would that be too, I mean, That would right? be cool, yeah. I would be like curling. I'd be like, I would love a curling gold medal. Dude, like any gold medal. I just think I want to say, you know, Super Bowl, like every part of me wants to say it, but I think it is gold medal. I think that's the I, right answer. I think the gold medal is the right answer, especially because like, yes, you say like, a Super Bowl ring is, is really dope. But when you when you sit when you tell people like oh I have a gold medal like you're like oh what would like it's an instant like oh would you like would you get it in like what all this stuff now I mean Tyreek obviously can't be like oh well I want it in a pink slip bet but you know like but still like people it that like garners a lot of weight right there all you have to be is like I'm a gold medalist and people are like oh wow like that's that's legit. Or you could awesome. be like, I'm a Super Bowl champ. And then they're like, oh, okay, yeah. So are, you know, a ton of other people. I mean, yeah, a lot I of people think, have one gold too. But. Like, do you think you have to work harder, Austin, to be an Olympian? Or do you have to work harder to be in football? And I think you probably got to work harder to be an Olympian, right? Because that becomes your whole life. I think, you do. I think it's harder. Well, I think it's harder. Russia. It's more like of an isolated experience too, and you gotta get, you gotta get. I think you gotta get luckier to be us uh, to be a Super Bowl winner, because we just see so many incredible, incredible football players that never win a ring. You know, right. a Dan Marino, a, you know, a pick a guy. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. so many out there um, that it's just not up to you. And if you're especially in an individual Olympic sport, it's on you. You know what I mean? So I think it's just naturally harder and easier which makes it just a little bit more maybe volatile i don't know what the right word would be then to define right. it but it's out of your control well and it's uh, like being you on wait, a Super Bowl side you wait longer i think to get your chance right so it's every four years you're so you're you're like all of this preparation you wait until you actually i mean i guess you are in the world championships and things like that but i don't know it just seems like a smaller you know time to or a ah. shorter time or a longer time to wait to go and actually prove yourself yeah speaking of waiting we're seeing guys climb up adp people are not waiting on dudes like daryl henderson they're not waiting on guys like david montgomery they're not waiting on some of these running backs that are climbing um CD i'm not lamb I, went so high cd lamb is being bought at his absolute ceiling right it, is he i don't know is he? you tell me johnny I well, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's no. So, 
Te- technically, uh, I have I have I have uh, a CD Lamb as my wide receiver seven, I believe, or wide receiver eight after like the Dak little slight injury concern. Um, I think CD Lamb is phenomenal. I think he's going to do. He's going to have that leap in this in this second year, like we saw from DK Metcalf. The difference would be that I think that it's more consistent because I don't think they go. Well, I say that now, but the Dak injury has me concerned. But I don't I don't necessarily think that they're going to swing so heavily from like passing to running. Right. So yeah. I, I do think that this year we're going to see a huge, huge rise in C.D. Lamb. One could say, yeah, like you're basically drafting him at his ceiling. But I, I do believe he's one of those players where it's like you can do that because there are there's a, a really great chance that he actually gives you back that return. It's it's if you're picking breakouts, it's a it's a great one to pick, right? Like he was expected to be the most polished wide receiver out of his draft class in a very uh, talented and well put together draft class, and he looked that way last year. I mean, Gallup, Mike McCarthy said was a wide receiver one. Obviously, Amari Cooper was the one in Dallas, mm-hmm. but the talent for a Michael Gallup was there, and Ceedee Lamb just blew him out right there. We don't. I mean, Gallup is now so far down the list. He might be a bargain. But C.D. Lamb is mm-hmm. expected to be this breakout talent, and it's all lining up, right? Like I, it's tough for me to grab him that early, banking on a breakout. But it's almost like it's already there. It's like almost you can almost already yeah. taste it. Well, I think part of it too is we talked about. We always talk about you know like the hard knocks, like you know hype train, and how it always ri- raises people's ADPs. We saw it with Zeke. We saw it with, you know, we're seeing it with CD Lamb. And so I think that that's partially where it, where it's at as well. Like people are seeing what he's doing. And so like you said, it's tangible. Like people can actually see him making these crazy ga- catches right. every week on hard knocks. And it's like super highlighted and an ultra slow-mo and like all these things. And so I do think that's also bleeding into it. But yeah. I think he does reach that ceiling. Like I said, I have him as my uh, as a top seven wide receiver this year here's my question so here like tony comes in here says his ceiling's top three so i'll just ask you guys this if all three receivers are healthy like Mm -hmm. jarwin's healthy zeke's healthy and dax healthy Mm -hmm. can cd be top three he if i may on this one i think the answer is yes if dak prescott is able to chuck it and Dallas needs to chuck it, and Mike McCarthy decides they will chuck it. We know that Dak was on pace to throw for over 6,300 yards last year. The ball's got to go somewhere, and it's not all going to Blake Jarwin. So we've got these three wide receivers there that it could be going to. I mean, that's like give him 1,500 yards a pop, and you're at 4,500 yards. You'd still need 1,800 yards. You know what I mean? Like cut that up between the running backs and tight ends, and that actually makes sense. You'd have three guys like – monster seasons and that's not even going to happen so i mean if if dak prescott we saw what he did last year continued and let's let's cut it down let's say he gets 5500 yards which would be crazy like and cd lamb is the top target like i'm not surprised if cd lamb has 1500 yards like 100 plus catches and like 15 touchdowns like that could happen just because of their play style yeah i just don't want to get caught up in in um I'm I'm asking honest opinion here because I'm a little stuck. So like for me, I know that Cooper's been so good 
with Dak. Like he's been the best ever with Dak mm-hmm. in the last few years with Dak. And he has been the lead target getter when they're on the field, all of them together. Like he's mm-hmm. been the guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, well, you know, the old school conservative guy, like we'll stick with the, you know, the true number one because he's got all the time spent. Um, I also don't want to buy into this giant hype that's coming in just for CD because he's making big plays on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hard knocks. So it's just kind of a tough one to kind of peg. Um, I mean, I think you can draft both. Don't get me wrong, but sure. I just wonder if Cooper isn't the better one to, you know, fade all the hype on CD and get a guy that we know is proven with that. As Johnny's making his pick here, I think we know the mystery box in football is always so tantalizing and we always overpay for the mystery box and Amari Cooper we know what he is. And so it's a good, reliable thousand plus yard uh, wide receiver. Who's probably going to get you a handful of touchdowns and not be a disappointment. And also probably not win you your league. He'll probably do what you kind of hoped he was going to do as you draft him in the top four rounds. CD lamb, as people are coming in top three, you know, receiver of the generation. There's all this excitement. There's all this mystery box that surrounds him. So I think that that's part of it, but I think Cooper could be a value. Yeah, I I started the offseason drafting Cooper, but then it reminded me of like last year where I'm like, you know, don't draft DK Metcalf ahead of Tyler Lockett. We messed that one up. And here we are. Like, that is exactly what you should have done. (laughs) Like, And so I'm afraid to kind of be like, don't draft CeeDee Lamb ahead of Amari Cooper. But I mean, maybe you're supposed to. It's just where the, that fortune telling gets a little bit more tough here. Is in, but I think I do think it's an offense, you know, similar to Tampa Bay, where invest in multiple pieces of it. I actually have more confidence that Dallas should continue throwing all year long than I do Seattle. So I can kind of lean on that. You know, Seattle does have this weird thing where all of a sudden Pete Carroll wakes up and he goes, "Oh, I need to run again," and they just <laughs> decide running it. You know, and is the option. So I, I don't see that with McCarthy. McCarthy knows what he has. He yep. loves the quarterback position. That's how he, his, his vein has been the quarterback position. I'm sure he takes a lot of pride in Aaron Rodgers, even though he was part of the San Francisco team that passed on Aaron Rodgers. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think mm-hmm. that that's part of the pride that works in for that offense, and you definitely want to be, you know, grabbing pieces of it. Speaking of those types of offense, I just wanted to know what's your honest take on this one, Johnny, about Dak Prescott. You mentioned earlier at the top of the show, the shoulder injury being a little bit of a concern. Everyone's so high on Dak because of what we saw from him do last year, which is what we kind of expected of him coming into the season. And 6,300 yards on pace four exceeded our expectations. That wide receiver room looks fantastic. That defense still looks, eh, which means you're looking like a great game flow for Dak Prescott, right? But the shoulder. You talked yesterday on the listener league draft about not wanting to come in with injuries. What do you say? Like, don't don't chase injuries in your draft. They Something find along you. Those lines. Yeah, yeah, don't don't go find injuries. They find you. Yeah. What are you exactly. feeling about Dak Prescott right now? Shoulders are kind of important for a quarterback, right? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely, and especially when it was, especially because the information that they were releasing or talking about wasn't just like oh, his, his shoulder is injured and he's rehabbing. It was like, no, no, no. We also had to like reach out to some baseball managers and like see yeah. what they had to do. And then it was like, they they like ramped him up a little bit. And then it was like, oh, no, no, he had a setback. So like, well, you got to cool him. And to that point, Johnny, like he was so eager to get out there, you know, at the beginning yeah. of hard knocks, you know, he's like, I got to go, go, go. And then all of a sudden he took himself out yeah. and said, no, no, I got to slow this down. And you're mm. like, whoa, that's a big shift. And you're like, whole demeanor so the shoulder must be a real thing here if you're if you're hitting the brakes on a guy that was very eager to get out there and throw speaking of those hard knocks points there was the mention i think in episode one 
where he talks about the second surgery that they kept oh, on yeah. yeah yeah they that kept was it, like, wild quiet, too yeah. he was like oh yeah we weren't so, I, I don't think i was supposed to mention that it's like what well no he just said that he they kept it on the dl they like he kept it under wraps and, and then they didn't mention it then earlier yeah. then it's like to johnny's point yeah. like, they didn't mention it they are being secretive he has had more injuries than he's led on before and the thing i saw from dak is like this dude is what you want like he is yeah. going to go all the way he doesn't look like someone who's going to regulate his body the way that we heard you know liz lowe's a talk on the mock draft marathon opening segment about guys making business decisions whether that be ezekiel elliott whether that be um kenny galladay you know guys he doesn't seem like that guy he seems like an old school like whatever it takes to win i'm here for the team like i'll kill myself for a dollar if it's what the team says is best like and and like you love that but now it seems like to your guys' point did he push himself a little bit harder and now his shoulder is like they're they're and here's my my concern is i mean too it's kind of funny it's like a double-edged sword we're always like hey like why don't football coaches go for analytics like what's going on but then you look at mike mccarthy to his credit he is using a lot of analytics and you could see that in uh in the hard knocks episodes where he's like oh this player is at this amount of you know steps like all right we got to cool him down all right dax at this many reps we got to cool him down like and that is also my worry when they're going into games is that they try to limit that as well and try to have game plans in place where, oh, hey, Dak, you know, it's going to be limited to 30, 30 throws today, um, you know, based on game plan. And it's like, OK, well, we need to rely on Zeke for a little bit more here or Tony Pollard for a little bit more here. Mm -hmm. And I could see him really sticking to that because he is so concerned with the with the health of Dak. And as you saw, like Dak went out and like their whole season went went to shambles. So. Yes, oh okay, man, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting, getting PTSD, Austin, of Mike McCarthy running when we have a lead, like in the oh third God, quarter, right? because he's just like he gets so conservative, like spur of the moment, you know. Yeah. And I could see that being definitely a situation that Johnny's talking about, where it's like, okay, Dak's thrown too much, let's like pull <laughs> off the gas here. And it's like, dude, you're down by five points. Yeah, you gotta yeah. Keep throwing, like. <laughs> yeah. No, 100% with that. I, I want to bring it back really quick to a, 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 an ADP question that we got going on. Speaking of the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers, you know, I took him here uh, in the fifth round. He's going after guys like Justin Herbert. You see that pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. the, the contract has been signed. The man is back in camp. He's got his boy Randall Cobb. Like, he's coming, he's coming to play. This is the reigning MVP. This is a guy who's got his top pass catcher, top running back. The whole wide receiver core is back. He's got Randall Cobb back. Uh, he's coming off of a chip on his shoulder type year. Johnny, you've talked about any time that Aaron Rodgers has been left outside of the top 10 in the NFL rankings. He's come back for an MVP. That is again this year. Wait, um, he was left off the top 10 again? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 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 No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Oh, last year. okay. But he's the reigning MVP. Say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. No, misspeak on I that. I was one. like, no, I'm going to raise him up to number two on my quarterback list. He then. was last year, right? And he was <laughs> right. the MVP. And, and just showing that he does operate with a chip on his shoulder. He does take things personally. And it's obvious he's taken a lot of things personally coming into this season. I don't understand how the fantasy football world is going ahead and taking Justin Herbert over Aaron Rodgers. Like I get the sex appeal, I get the the mystery box, I get he could be the next whatever, but like Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP number 2 overall quarterback last year. He's got DeVonte Adams, got Aaron Jones, he's got all the same pieces coming back. He's kind of trying to prove it again also. Like 
Well, there's a couple things. I think the Herbert question is a big one. I think people are just excited. Obviously, we do that all the time. You know, new guys. We talked about mystery box. We we definitely have that. The second part of this, though, is actually the fact that the the Packers were one of the most efficient teams of all time last year. Mm. We scored all time. Way, we made we scored way more touchdowns than maybe we. Oh, I should look at what I'm doing here. Sorry. Then maybe we should have. Uh, let me just. Make yeah, who are you thinking here? What's in your mind, Big Trap? I'm going to go OBJ because I like the upside. Best ball, I'm just trying to swing for guys that could just absolutely smash. Um, I almost drafted... I almost it's drafted just, Tyler Lockett for that very. I was almost going to get Tyler Lockett last oh, round too. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's one of those. There's the, you know, that's, hashtag in the industry. Yeah. Hashtag better in best ball. Or, you know, like he's definitely hashtag better in best ball. Like those are the guys you want to go for. But that Tyler Lockett's a perfect example of a best ball player that we definitely yeah. have more confidence in. The blower up. You're not looking for so much even keeled type players, right, boys? You're right. looking for dudes who can take the lid off because it's going to start for you. Autumn. You don't need to get the guy in your starting lineup. The whole yeah. lineup, it's going to take the best of that lineup for your starting roster. Yeah, there's just no need for you to kind of try and, you know, you're that, like you said, the hardest part of a lineup is like, I've got so many good players. Which ones do I start? Well, guess what? The computer's going to start them for you. So, yeah. like, let's just go get all these amazing, you know, we're drafting for ceiling in best ball always, mm. not, not yeah. floor. So, Eric Zuber, I'm going to use you here to help educate the rest of Whisper Nation. Thanks for being, uh, available to pick on just a little bit on this one uh easy daddy he says i have cats pajamas it's not a super flex best ball draft cats pajamas took patrick mahomes at the 114 spot and then at the turn in the three so we got josh allen there in the uh, in the third round and to go along with patrick mahomes um cats pajamas comes back in or groggy style answered the question for cats pajamas gonna have the top quarterback every week though because it starts whoever did the best for you so that's not- one strategy to do it Kyler, Kyler Murray will have plenty of, of weeks to to have his talk about that uh, finishing number one. Like it, it won't always be Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes, oh, I but I mean, it, it I is, it is a great about my quarterback like that, you know, Hey, it is a, I mean, and Russell Wilson will have some blow up mm-hmm. weeks as well. I mean, but it is to that point, right. Is that now he is leveling up that position to where he will most likely be a top five or have a top five quarterback mm. every single week. Um, and I don't think he it's did a that, terrible so. strategy when you're at the no. end and you're going to miss on the boat on some of the more elite positions. Okay, yeah. make sure you're one advantage. Like Austin said this yesterday in the listener league, I've got an advantage. I'm going to make sure my strengths are stronger and not really try to focus on, you know, getting middle ground on my weaknesses. You know, like I think that's, actually an interesting strategy especially in these larger leagues right Austin like we have bigger leagues you want to try exactly hammer in on your positional advantage I think like if you're trying to get a middle of the road like an RB3 versus like 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 in that example you're talking about Michael Thomas was on the table I already had three good wide receivers I only had Christian McCaffrey it was RB3 minuses available you know and I'm like look I can probably find one of these dudes on the waiver wire at some point Um, but I can't find a guy like a Michael Thomas, you know, so take that guy that then really could raise the ceiling on your squad um, versus something that you just think is going to fill in a hole because anybody you're getting at that point in the draft is probably not going to be filling that hole with excitement. It's just going to be like, meh, you know, Um, but you could on the other side, grab somebody that'll add to your strength, might not get to play, but might be more usable in the long run. 
You like when I fill your hole with excitement, John? Yeah, I was yeah. just so gonna I was say, like, man. I was laughing. I was holes yeah. with excitement on the show. <laughs> yeah, <know>? like <laughs> uh, that was alternative, funny. right? Oh, I'm so upset. I it's better than was... filling your holes with disappointment. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I I was uh, I'm really I'm really I rah, I really wish I would have went with Lockett in the fourth instead of taking Cream Hunt there. It would have been I would have really liked how I started this then. But it's all right. Austin, you're on the clock. What are you thinking? I'm looking at the wide receivers here because I'm just not in love with the upside of any of these running backs. We need somebody to get hurt. Um, but outside of that, uh, I like the upside of some of these wide receivers, as you obviously always would. But there's just like at this point, you know, like the Michael Thomas is always exciting because it's like I get him back and he comes in and we'll see what happens there. Debo Samuel, like I like Robbie Anderson. I think he could actually be the wide receiver one, given a lot of reasons over there. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and just put the put the shiny piece on my team right there. I'm going to put Michael Thomas on my team to pair up with Julio and hope that ankle heals better. Uh, one of those players that I say is just one news blurb away from skyrocketing in ADP. Yeah. Speaking of news blurbs, we're going to start uh, Well, we started last week. We're going to continue on with our news and nuggets show. So just want to remind everybody on, on, you know, that's watching. If you're new to the channel, hit subscribe every Friday. We'll be dropping the news and nuggets show and trying to get you guys up to date with all the training camp news for the off season. But then as well, when we get into that regular season, it's all about that injury news. And, and Austin, Johnny and I will be on that show, just kind of getting you guys primed and ready, all that information into your brains and helping you set that lineup. Especially yeah, so remind us at 10 what time that's going to be at Big Travi. Yeah, so that's noon uh, Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern every Friday. Um, so that'll be rock and roll, and it'll be just the two of you this week. I'm going to be getting back from a trip, but uh, I'll be getting back a little bit later. But you two will be holding it down, as I know you guys always do when I'm unable to make it. And I'm excited to get it rock and rolling, though, for the regular season because that, that show is just so much fun. We get into a little bit of lineup talk, but mostly about – you know, what's going on with these players and what we think, you know, alternatives for your injured players because you know you're going to have them. So the Friday show will have other content coming out Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, and Monday. And the easiest way to just not miss this is make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube, follow along on Discord, as well as on Twitter and Instagram to catch the content coming your way every day. And don't you'll then you won't also miss any of the live content where you can tune in and get questions answered and all that good stuff. Yep. Yes. Oh, Robbie Anderson was taken by Mr. Masseeks. It's not a bad play, but there's a lot of other upside wide receivers here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when you don't need to worry about when you got to play them. <laughs> Seriously, right? I love LaVisca. I like Will Fuller. I like Jarvis. I like the rookie second half of the season outlook. I don't like where they could start, and I can't put that with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is my second half of the season guy. It's- yeah, peek into Austin's brain right now as he tries to work through this <laughs> decision. Uh, it's uh, this is an interesting format, obviously best ball, but then the two flexes has got me thinking about things a little bit differently. Just skill positions. I know I did go with Kyler Murray a little bit earlier, um, but I did want to try and you know, like at the ends, it's this it's this balance, you know, of trying to get the elite positions but not missing the boat on others too. Best balls are really cool. You can do a lot of best ball leagues. Oh, yeah. And they and people do, man. People are in, like, so many of these best ball leagues. They've uh, become very, very popular. I'm glad Maybe Sleeper next- got, got on board with it. 
maybe next year every mock draft Monday we do for the all the entire offseason, every single one of them's a mock uh, a best ball, and we just <laughs> yeah, make them honestly, live. Honestly, and then yeah. we see how like all hundred of them turn out. <laughs> yeah good yeah we could just like plot point all of it and just see like who's the best drafter with us you know not just we us, did a hundred like, best ball uh, leagues cat's pajamas was in 70 best ball leagues <laughs> and he finished, you know 63 and two or whatever it is yeah yeah <laughs> that'd be really good oh that would be good uh k sports live chimes in here love cd this year but cooper is getting slept on it's kind of what we talked about earlier there in the draft, he very well could be if Dak especially is going to get anywhere near the pace he was setting last season. Absolutely. Johnny, what are you thinking about here in the seventh round to pair along with Damian Harris, Cream Hunt, Aaron Jones, DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, and your boy Russell Wilson? So I I know he's not going to make it back to me if I don't. So I'm right now I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to go with Will Fuller and Chate and like because his upsides are awesome dude you better decide or antonio brown i'll go with will fuller i i was thinking antonio brown but is he gonna catch two touchdowns in a game this week this year maybe once maybe if you put me over under multiple touchdown games one and a half what do you think what do you think it is for will fuller i think over I don't know. It's so he's so crazy. Like Will Fuller is the is is that weird cheat code option that we've seen such limited glimpses of. But like Will Fuller's best is kind of scary. Is is Will Fuller is Will Fuller like Tyler Lockett, but cheaper? Maybe with like a little Percy Harvin in him. I mean, he's light oh, yeah. because he doesn't have Russell Wilson throwing him the football. Like that's no, the- but he has two a tug of Iloa. Yeah, exactly. But right, like, but, but what is it really? Like, Will Fuller is kind of special, right? Like, he's got a little bit of like, all, like, like Percy Harvin, who yeah. was this weird player who like always had these other issues that were going on, physical issues, behavioral issues, locker room issues. But like, the talent was crazy. It was like next level. Like, what is it about Will Fuller, Travis? You would talk about him with with Houston. I know you're getting about ready to draft all the time, but it was like, no, Will Fuller is. Crazy. I mean, it, it was just special what he and Watson had together. That's my trepidation here is that I don't know what it's going to be like without Deshaun Watson throwing him that ball mm-hmm. and that, you know, that kindred connection they seem to have. It was just kind of, you know, even in their rookie uh, in uh, Watson's rookie year, it was just so easy for him to find Will Fuller. Now, Tua, I look at Johnny's on, in on buying into Tua. I think there's still questions for me in Tua, and we'll see. Like, hopefully he can take that step forward. Uh, but he is cheap. He's cheap enough to invest in, especially in best ball here. You definitely like that pick. And you like the Tua. They've got a lot of options now over there in Miami as well. All of a sudden, it's looking, <sighs> looking kind of nice with that rookie. Oh, is that true? Oh, no. Oh, boy. Say it ain't so. Whoa, whoa. Am I missing? <laughs> My heart is a... What, I don't even know oh, the rest COVID of the COVID protocol. Well, good. Yeah. Let's get his ADP down a little bit. <laughs> get it? And then we can comfortably draft him. Hopefully, he's okay. That's the first and foremost. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, he'll be okay physically. Because uh, I don't mean to just skim over that. But, yes, I'll also, like, his ADP going down a little bit. Like, I don't want to have to draft him where I'm drafting Justin Jefferson, who I've seen Justin Jefferson be a top seven wide receiver. I haven't seen that in CD yet. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm going to ask this is a little bit more of a sensitive subject. And I know it's like it's a little bit of a buzzkill talking about COVID. But I got a real question because we're making real decisions, drafting teams that we intend to see all the way through 
week 16, week 17, whenever your championship is. And, you know, Reichwell Armstead got COVID last year and mm-hmm. Reichwell Armstead never rejoined his NFL team. And we didn't really talk about it. Right. right but it was yeah. like, he's coming back. He's coming back. You see baseball players, uh, you know, not come back. Uh, Jason Tatum in the NBA, you know, months and months and months later, he's like, I'm still not the same. Like my conditioning is different. Um, we don't totally know what this disease is hundred percent about. We see some people be fine. We see some people get more weird, complicated cases. You know, mm. what are we doing when a football player gets COVID, you know, or, or is this like, like if you're a CD lamb, if you're a Lamar Jackson, you're such a big name, you're not going to get cut. Even if you're not looking that great, like a right. Well, Armstead potentially did, but it's an impact, right? And even a little further up the depth chart, Austin, we saw what happened with Cam Newton. It just didn't seem like he ever got back to normal after he got it, you know? And so yeah. then it was like, maybe that's the time away. Maybe that's his lungs. We saw, we Zeke talked about that. He also getting it last year and then coming in, you know, maybe that, you know, that's not talked about a lot, but maybe that was why we saw him a little more sluggish. When, obviously when Dak went out too. So um, yeah, there, I mean, it's, it's a hard one to put your nose on. I, d- I think you could definitely start fading a player because you don't know, we don't know, like you said, we don't know what this disease will fully do by the time it's all said and done. We don't know what it's going to do to their bodies, um, and we don't. And each body is different, so it's like another variable that we add into the mix of something that we're always trying to like weed out the most variables as possible. I, I, like Lamar Jackson is my dynasty quarterback, and it's like he's at it twice, and it's oh my like God, this run on QB. Sorry, wow, like yeah. This. Just got Just bringing decimated. it back. Look at these upside younger quarterbacks: Jalen Hurts, me. Trey Lance, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, Justin Fields, selected by I was Johnny. So Johnny, confident in like getting one of those guys. Let's go! And I didn't get any. <laughs> Johnny, you took Justin Fields there at the end of that stretch of five upside Lucky young QBs. You got him. Yeah. Which one? Which one would you most like to have on your best ball team? I was going to target Jalen Hurts. I was looking at potentially taking Jalen Hurts the last round, but I thought he'd maybe fall one more. So then when this run, uh, quarterback rant, uh, run comes, especially in best ball, like I'm fine with Trey Lance or Justin Fields, like gambling on either one of the two. And so like if, you know, if Fields had gone where Lance was and Lance was available, I would have taken Lance, um, especially because I have Russell Wilson right now and I could let that kind of play out and then we'll see, you know, what the upside is there. But uh, I'm excited for fields. Uh, This is the second time we've taken him, and, you know, we took him in the listener league as well yesterday. And uh, I think he's going to be so fun to watch. I think he's going to put up a lot of fantasy points because he has like, he is so fast. Have you seen him when he is, I'm just like glued to my TV when I'm watching him because he can get out of so many sticky situations. He's a lot like Russell Wilson in that in that respect. Mm. Like there were plenty of times in these preseason games where the pocket started to collapse a little bit, and he like either did a spin move or he stepped up and then like took off. And people just can't. They're not as fast as he is. Like he's really mm. fast. Yeah, and, to that uh, point, he had this one play, and it was like at the end of the run, he did just yeah. one more sidestep to get even like two more yards. It was just like great awareness when he runs that has you thinking exactly what you said, like definitely some Russell Wilson in his game, some stuff that we liked out of Kyler in comparison mm-hmm. to Russell Wilson you see in a little bit of, of Justin Fields' game. Maybe not as be- as good of a pure thrower as either of those two, but as mm-hmm. far as the, the sneaky rushing, the deceptive rushing, and the ability to kind of just be, you know, play at game speed and be quicker <laughs> than those around him. 
Yeah, I was super bummed when you guys took him. I was hoping he would fall to me. I wanted to snag that upside of a Justin Fields. And I thought we saw in that small window of drafting this weekend, which came after that preseason game where Justin Fields was trending on Twitter because he got lit up so hard on that helmet-to-helmet tackle. And I just look at that. I'm like, people are dropping him in ADP because of one hit. Are you freaking (laughs) kidding me? Like, it is football. Like, he's not hurt. He got his clock cleaned. Like, the dude's had his clock cleaned countless times. He's an NFL football player. You don't get to this point by not taking licks. As a fellow headband wearer, he got shook out of his helmet and his headband. And the headband. Do you think that headband. was the ADP dip because of the headband? <laughs> yeah, I do think it was. It was so. It was so. It was so dramatic. It was dramatic they, yeah, it was so dramatic. It was so dramatic. But Johnny, right? Like we're overblowing this one on Justin Fields, right? It's, is it just a hit, or is or should we actually be concerned? Yeah, I mean, it's not in concussion protocol or anything, <laughs> it's so it's like I don't. Yeah, it did. I think it, the other part is I think that people are set on this that Dalton is going to be the starter and yeah initially week one he could be but I don't I do not see where they do not I think uh you know Travis mentioned this yesterday on the on the draft I thought it was actually a really good thought process and that was just that Nagy will start Dalton because he can't start fields and then go back to Dalton and then go back to fields again but he can go and start Dalton let the world see that Dalton is not the answer because he's not like that dude couldn't get out of his own, uh, you know, step yesterday or the other day playing football. And then and then he'll switch over to fields when it, it's like, OK, this is so obvious that Dalton is not the guy that you need to play right now. And I think that that could be sooner, very much sooner rather than later. <laughs> and I think that that's uh, where it's going. I think that he's going to be so fun to watch. Yeah, it's you might have one week or so, but it's really not going to be much more than that, right, Johnny? Like Matt Nagy wants to keep his job. Justin Fields might be the ticket to him keeping his job. And it's like, just put in the guy you drafted that you wanted. Right. Yeah. Let him play football like you did. Well, and that's the other side of this is that Fields is the first quarterback that that he is actually handpicked, right? Like, sure, he went out and got Dalton, but that was because they needed another quarterback and it was before the draft. Like, they didn't know that Fields was going to drop to them. And so, like, when he drafted, when they, like, the Chicago Bears were able to draft Fields, that was under, for the first time, like, Nagy's guy, quote-unquote, you know? And so that's why I'm also excited for him to come in rather quickly. Dang it, Cat's Pajamas. I was hoping you would that guy. No, I'm excited. I was was looking at Hardman, too. Dang it. That's going to be a great uh, best ball pick. Sorry, Austin. No, I know that that's uh, Michael Hardman's been a great pick. We've been targeting him a lot. And I want to say, Whisper Nation, I hope you're considering targeting Manscaped as we are very excited to uh, be partnering alongside of Manscaped here uh, in where you've got a 20% off discount code because you're a listener to the Fantasy Whispers. So you can get 20% off plus free shipping using the code T-F-W-M-A-N. That's T-F-W-M-A-N, just one word, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the T-F-M-A-N code. Use at manscaped.com. If your significant other is nagging you about how much time you put into your fantasy team, hey, you might as well give them some beautiful balls with Manscaped. It's a fantastic project. We would not lead you down a bad take with a player. We would not lead you down a bad product. Pick this thing up. We all got it here. We've been using it regularly. It's phenomenal um speaking of 
great takes. Travi, who are you thinking about taking here in the 10th round to go after your Logan Thomas selection in the ninth? Henry Ruggs, I think, is the perfect mm. best ball candidate, a guy that has yeah. the potential to be the number one main vein of his offense, is a speedster, is an over-the-top guy. So just a best ball wide receiver that I'm really uh, fascinated with uh, here. So I wanted Hardman, uh, but I actually think that Ruggs may have more upside than Hardman because his path is clearer. Now, Tyreek Hill goes down. I think Hardman has more upside than Ruggs. But I'm saying, you know, with Tyreek Hill there, I think I, I think Ruggs, all things considered, everyone healthy, Ruggs is, has more upside here in best ball. Love that take on here. Want to get to Pizza Belly's question here, who jumped in. Bummed I missed this one, was at the docks. Hope you're having a good time at the docks, Pizza Belly. We do miss you here, but we will have another chance for you to join next week. So these aren't just mocks. Well, they kind of are, they kind of aren't. It's a best ball. We're doing it as a mock, but sleeper doesn't let us just do a mock draft the same way we do so we just started up a really a, a league it's a simple thing to get started so it is still a mock um, but it's just in a slightly different format the winner of the mock draft here though is going to be in the whisper listener league 2022 so a little bit on the line it's not just a mock but it's also still just a mock we're not actually going to be playing with these leagues unfortunately because i'm feeling pretty good about my team johnny how are you feeling about yours and who are you thinking about taking here in the 10th round um i am feeling pretty solid on my team i like it i think it has a, a really good amount of upside here i'm looking at you know what i'm i don't know if he'll make it to me this next round so i'm going to take him Uh, I'm just going to take him here. I'm going to go back to back. I'm going to get my guy because I don't think he's going to make it. Jacoby Myers. Oh, hyping him, all, hyping him up. Uh, I think he has a very, very high ceiling. And I think that he is going to emerge as one of uh, the better wide receivers in, in for New England. I think it's a great take, Johnny. And if you could expand a little bit on it, Jacoby Meyer, not a huge name we're talking about, but essentially plays the slot role in New England. And we saw him put up some really impressive performances with Cam Newton as his quarterback last year, right? Yeah, he had, you know, he didn't really come on until week seven. So about halfway through the season. And then from then on, he played, uh, you know, a little under half of his snaps, uh, you know, 50% of his snaps uh, from the slot which you like because he's a big bodied wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Obviously he had the great, uh, the really good preseason game uh, this past weekend. But when you look at what the, that offense is running with the heavy tight end set, it's looking like the slot wide receiver would get and or garner about 28% of the market share, 26% of the market share. And so that's looking like it could be Jacoby. Now, some people think it'll be Nelson Aguilar. Some people mm -hmm. still have some hope for Nikhil Harry, but, uh, I'm I'm full aboard this man. I've been I've been on this train all summer, and people are are just starting to see a glimpse of what this guy uh, could potentially do. And low key, this is another fun fact. He actually is a uh, he also knows how to throw the ball because he was a former quarterback, and you did see him throw a touchdown last year. He didn't score any, but uh, he did throw one, and so. Kind uh, of like another legendary former New England slot wide receiver, former quarterback, right? And a Julian Edelman, who was a pretty solid fantasy player yep. for a long time. 
Yeah, yep. seven of 12 games down the stretch for Jacoby Myers, double-digit PPR points or more, 10 or more PPR points in seven of 12 games down the stretch. So we're very big on a team, you know, on a team that was lacking all the other weapons and, and really lacking efficiency. If this team takes a step forward with the run game, takes a step forward with the offensive line, regardless of Mac Jones or Cam Newton, I think Jacoby Myers ha- is set to kind of crush his ADP. What do you think about the guy I took here, Nelson Aguilar, who I was just reminded was the number 21 wide receiver in standard last season playing with Derek Carr. That was just like a, where did that come from? How are you that relevant? Um, But there he is. Do you think that Nelson Aguilar has any shot at being relevant? I'll just jump ahead and I say I don't totally because I don't see Cam Newton falling in love with this position of the wide receiver. I don't think he's talented enough to really make Uh, a leapfrog, a jump over Jacoby Meyer, who I think is set up positionally in a better spot, or Jonu Smith or Hunter Henry, who I think are set up from a schematic point of view to be in a more advantageous position. But Nelson Aguilar is technically the one, and he was a wide receiver two last year and a worse team. I mean, if I'm if I'm wrong about Jacoby, it's going to be it's going to go to Nelson Aguilar if I'm and so it's like, you know, you have that. You know, if I they just, end up. I feel like Aguilar ends up being the odd man out between John Johnu Smith and you know uh, Jacoby Myers, like we're talking about here. I just think he's yeah. probably the guy that like, you know, and then James White even is probably going to be more involved in and and a, a guy that they dump off to a little bit more. So I'm just a little bit worried about that. You did mention like a better team than the Raiders, but like also there's a little bit more. Um, mouths to feed. I hate using that term all the time, but there are more mouths to feed in, in New England this year than there were last year. And it's a team that's not going to be very pass heavy. They're definitely going to be run heavy. So mm-hmm. you want to pick the target tree, you know, where it narrows. And I think that's, you know, more at the top with the tight end and then with Jacoby Myers. But Johnny, that's true. Like if you are wrong on Jacoby, it'll probably be Nelson Aguilar. So I mean, yeah. diversify a little bit, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to look and see right here where the first skill position in New England, I'm assuming that would be Damian Harris and trying to see where in our draft here he actually... I took him. I took him in the sixth round. round. I actually just realized I have have Damian Harris. I'm all in on New England, I guess. I'm (laughs) Damian Harris, Jonu, and Jacoby. So let's go New England. It's just one of those teams where it's like, even if you say that, let's say Bill Belichick does what we think he's going to set out to do and he does it well and they're back in the playoffs and we see a better team he's always been one to make talent and production happen from seemingly like innocuous pieces he pulls it together but but there's also like he spreads the ball out wide receivers tight ends he's got five running backs that are on the field like i I just find myself leaning away from new england but i also want to lean in because they're a good team they're not like one of these bad teams like a, a jets of the past or any adam gase team where you're like they're just you just can't bank on points like no the patriots are going to score points it's just it's just like who's going to do it honestly i think the safest play is the if you're looking at like new england the safest play is damian because because they will run the ball and that offensive line is really good like probably the top in the league and so those are the two things that you definitely know for certain um, but like you said, the wide receiver situation is a little bit foggy, uh, and you know, the tight end position could potentially be foggy with, if Hunter Henry comes back and is healthy, you know, there with Johnu. but I think it's, I think we know what pieces to get, but like you said, yeah, it's not what people think that this is just a, mm. a heap and maybe some value pieces in Travis boy or Mondre Stevenson. 
Yeah. Value piece yeah. Jacoby Myers. Like there's. I was gonna say the safe the safe dude. play is Damian. The real yeah. play is Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, Ramondre could have one of those like John John Gray, uh, you know, where he comes in and he has like four touchdowns on a week because you know maybe Damian oh, yeah. oversleeps his alarm or something. <laughs> I mean, it could or a Legarrette Blunt type of year if he really is that goal line back. But we all know that James White was like you know he had the super bowl winning goal line touchdown and he's the smallest running back on the team so yeah yeah you know good good luck trying to get in the mind of bill belichick <laughs> but someone will be it. good like i love they have had in, our, in our league of record chat austin you just out out loud typing i will not draft a new england running back i will not draft a new england running back you're like bart yeah. simpson writing on the chalkboard dude i'm probably gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> you won't you won't Oh, it's Probably a will. self-fulfilling prophecy. I watch and then oh, watch Sony Michelle is game. Sony Michelle is the RB twenty-two on the end at the end of the season. He's the best one. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. He, he, there's no way he stays on that raw. I, he's got to be cut, right? Like, dude, I don't know. Like, he's kind of a well-rounded, does everything kind of back at this point, and he doesn't look bad. Like, why would it be? I mean, other than the contract, and like JJ Taylor's on the roster, James White is still on the roster. Like, these guys are good students. They understand the assignment. They give it their best but they're just not that talented from an NFL perspective. And eventually, like, Ramondre, that's why to me, Ramondre could be the true dude. Like, because Damian Harris, we saw, and he's really good, and he's pretty talented. But if Ramondre Stevenson is just as good, just as focused, just as disciplined, but his talent is better, like, Hmm. that will come through. Yeah. Uh, Easy daddy getting my, I didn't think, uh, Jarrett McKinnon. Got my Jarrett McKinnon pick. Oh, tell me about this one, Johnny. Jarek McKinnon, right? We talked about this a little bit. We talked about the CEH ankle injury. Apparently, he avoided the high ankle sprain, but it's a pretty open backfield behind him. There's other injuries in that room. And Jarek McKinnon, they're Jarek McKinnon truther. I'm not the first one to say that, right? Like this has mm-hmm. been a popular name and spark scores and everyone just needs to see him in the right situation and the right things need to happen. Johnny, is is, is Kansas City in 2021 the right situation for Jarek McKinnon? It could be. I mean, the talent is definitely there. The offense is definitely there. And if anything happens, like uh, I don't, you know, Daryl hasn't really shown us anything. He's had many of opportunities uh, to, you know, pop off and he, and he really hasn't done so. And so I think that the path, he's also in concussion protocol. So uh, the path is just wide open for him to, to be, to step in that. We've already heard, you know, Pat Mahomes talk about how they're planning on having Jarrett McKinnon be a part of this offense. And so I, I do think, you know, if you grab CEH and drafts, you better grab Jarrett McKinnon. Uh, I think that he will be a guy that will start to really creep up, especially if there's a little bit more news that comes out uh, that's in a bad light. However, there has been, you know, pro football doc, I guess he, he came out and said that, you know, CEH should be back for week one. Um, but again, you know, heading in, don't, talking about injuries and looking for them, and then you know, talking about an ankle with a running back is concerning for me. Talk about shoulders are important for quarterbacks, ankles are important for running backs. Yeah. Uh, my question here, the last one on the Kansas City backfield, Johnny, would be if Ceh is out, do you see McKinnon picking up a lion's share of the work, or is it divided more equitably amongst all their running backs? Potentially even bringing someone on. Andy Reid seems like somebody who might do that. He did that with Le'Veon Bell. Like, you know, what, what do you, yeah. or is it, or is it, is Jarek McKinnon the safe bet? I think, I think Jarek McKinnon is the safe bet. Uh, now I, I do, again, I don't think he's going to instantly walk in and be the bell cow there. I think they'll split time like 
Daryl will get some carries uh, yeah. and then, you know, what, whatever would happen after that. It would be interesting because teams are starting to cut down players. Yeah. And so it will be interesting. If uh, An interesting name is David Johnson. There have been mm. a few people saying, you mm. know, David Johnson could be one of those guys that actually gets cut. And then where does he land? Does a team say, okay, now like he doesn't have this massive contract. We know that he is this, you know, trifecta kind of running back. I could see, you know, talk about Andy Reid signing someone like, talk about an instant killer too, to uh, Jarrett McKinnon's value would be, yeah, if like Kansas City went out and got like DJ, you know, because then it's like, oh, wow, okay. Todd, but yeah. I, yeah, Todd Cook. I, I don't mean, think anyone's yeah. If Todd AP, Gurley hasn't signed by now, like I don't think anyone's gonna sign Todd Gurley. When did Todd when did Le'Veon Bell? He was cut and how long was he chilling? Like forty eight hours. He like, it was pretty quick, right? Yeah, it was it was really quick. Yeah. I mean, maybe it could be like a Devontae Freeman situation. He bounced around oh for a while God. before landing in New York. You know? We've oh seen my God, you're just but then sick. again. Johnny, so the thirteenth pick. Now it's your time on the clock. Who available are you? Who are you giving consideration to right now? Well, uh, I really wanted to get uh, Brian Edwards, but uh, I wanted to bring him up um, after the rugs talk. But uh, yeah, so like I, he just got sniped. So I'm I'm not going to be getting him. Obviously, uh, the other one. We'll just try this. We'll try this. All right. And we are going to go with no, – no, no, I'm going to go with Gainwell, Kenneth Gainwell here. Kenneth Gainwell, Kenneth, rookie running back out of Philadelphia. Yeah, he he was getting a lot of work. Uh, I am obviously a big fan of Boston Scott. I do think Boston Scott is a underrated running back. But Kenneth Gainwell has gotten a lot of action in the preseason. He's gotten a lot of checkdowns. And when you look at the offensive coordinator and what – he comes from you see a split backfield and there is some i'm not saying this is 100 percent, but there is some potential that gainwell could be the naheem hines of this mm. offense mm. and if he's the naheem hines of this offense he's going to see a massive target share of like 15 percent and sure he won't run through the tackles much more than probably like five or ten percent but again this is a ppr league uh and so and he's fast so Again, if he has a monster day, he's automatically in my lineup. I think it's a it's a base baseball swing, you know, for a home run here. Remember how good a knee uh, performance week one Neam Hines had last year? Yes, and then it was it was so frustrating because it was like, hey, do we buy in? Do we buy in, or do we, or or is this a one week wonder? He had like um, like three of those, but you never knew which one it was going to be. That was the problem. Yeah. It's like he could, I had him in the listener league last year and it was like, he's, you had to put him in the flex most of the time. Cause the league was so deep, but also like, cause he would pop off for 25 points in PPR or 30 points once in a while. Look at this. What do you guys think here? Samuel Jacobowitz says I traded DK and Russell Wilson for Mahomes and Mike Evans. I have Kelsey and wanted the Mahomes Kelsey stack as well. As getting Evans, so you had the DK and, DK and Russell stack, but you wanted the Patrick Mahomes everything stack. Well, he wanted. Pat oh, never mind. Mahomes never mind. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Never Kelsey. I would have okay. stuck. I uh, probably would have stuck with Russell and DK to be honest with you. 
Or Mahomes, Mike Evans, DK and Russell Wilson for I think because I think Mike, even though Mike Evans is super consistent, I think yeah. that uh, you know, he's on the latter half of his career, whereas DK is just getting started. And so I just think Is yeah, I, is is he on the second half? I thought he was like twenty seven. I thought he's like sneaky young. Mike Evans. Like he? I know he's not he's not a spring chicken at this point from the wide receiver pool, but Mike Evans is one of those weird guys who feels like he's been in the league forever, but I think he came in young. Yeah, he's 28. 28. 28, 28. So he's got, you know. Yeah, entering, theoretically entering the prime. That's the thing, though. Like, he's just now, like, he's, in theory, he's entering his prime of his career, right? 28 to 32 is usually that kind of prime window. Oh, it's redraft. Got it. Oh, I'm fine with that in redraft then. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think we take Mahomes over Russell Wilson for sure. I think we take DK over uh, Evans for sure too, but the gap between Evans and DK is smaller than the gap between Mahomes and Russell Wilson. At least that's that's how it is for me. And that's, so yeah, it's cool. Do your thing. As we say on the show, reach for your guy as well. And if this is what you want, it's a pretty close situation. Get what's going to give you the most energy because that energy is going to keep you involved. Being involved is going to keep you focused. Being focused and involved is going to mean you're going to find new opportunities to make your team even better. So just having reasons to enjoy being a part of it, if that comes along with the trade, sometimes I say that in the long run, that could be actually a, an unwritten advantage to the trade as well. Cat's pajamas just over here taking a lot of my MVS, man. I want, I, it was like, I was going between Gainwell and MBS on this last round, and I went Gainwell thinking MBS would fall to me this next round. And you got would you have done it differently now? Pro- uh, I mean, I, saying that, and then it would have been Gainwell who would have, have gone. I'm, I needed running backs. I guess it's an overall okay thing. But I just really wanted MBS, especially in best ball, because you know he's getting those deep targets. And if he catches a couple of them and has a big week, then he's in my lineup. So that's a nice thing. It's taking our, bringing it around here to Paris Campbell, who I just took. In our listener league draft we did last year, or excuse me, yesterday, there wasn't a single Colts wide receiver taken off the board. No Michael Pittman Jr., no Paris Campbell, no uh, T.Y. Hilton. Um, it's been a while since a Colts wide receiver was totally left off, and I get it though, right? Carson Wentz, we don't know what's happening we don't know what's happening with these wide receivers. Does that, that just how it's going to be until we see something else? Or is this a mistake? What do you guys think? Would you, is there a, a wide receiver there you'd prefer over the other ones, Travis, between Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton, um, and uh, Michael Pittman? In best ball, I'd probably go T.Y. Hilton. I don't mind investing in Paris Campbell here, though, like a good slot wide receiver. I, I loved Paris Campbell, especially last year with Philip uh, Rivers. I love the prospect of Paris Campbell and in a PPR he's definitely worth the shot down here but I think a best ball and overall strategy here would be like swing for a guy like Hilton who has that big play upside each and every week you know to really whoever, tilt if, the lineup. I'm hoping that Paris Campbell will have that big play upside as his career progresses we'll we'll, we'll see I may we'll or may see. not have yeah, him he, like he definitely could and, and Hilton's been there a long time so doesn't you know he's also been not the cleanest bill of health so Paris Campbell yeah definitely uh benefit from ty hilton's you know lack of ability or, and uh, same thing with same thing with paris campbell though too right he hasn't been healthy either <laughs> yeah 
Neither is their quarterback. Jeez, what's in the water in Indianapolis? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's exactly what I'm asking. It's like, what's going on there? I do like Paris Campbell if he could stay on the field. I think he's such a talent. But so, I mean, Pittman is also a talent, right? Like he was one of the highly higher yeah. touted wide receivers coming out last year, but he just couldn't put it together for, I mean, he had a couple of games where he popped off, but it's just, I don't, it's hard to look at. It's hard to look at Wentz and say, Hey, when he had this dominant, I mean, you could go back to Alshon Jeffrey. Sure. But <laughs> he's never really had a dominant wide receiver on the outside. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's not like we can say like, he's always just kind of heavily relied on the tight ends there. So yeah. It'll be interesting. So should we be drafting Moali Cox? Higher? I think I think so. I think Moali is a tremendous value that nobody is absolutely talking about. It and would. and your, your point's so true, right? Zach Ertz was his boy the entire yeah. time in Philly. And you look at, like, that's the thing, is Moali used to be a basketball player. He's, like, coming on to his, like, later years. Of, like, I believe it's his third or fourth year in the league already. And so you tend, that's this is when you start to see it all be put together. You know, like, I don't... Here's, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I don't need that former wide receiver turned tight end. I love me some basketball player turned tight end. That's your Jimmy Grahams. That's your Antonio, Antonio Gates. Gates yep. Yeah. D even even Tony Gonzalez. He was a former basketball player. Oh, was he? Yeah. I hear I hear former basketball player and I'm like draft. Yeah, right. Jimmy, <laughs> like, I'm you such say a sucker Jimmy for that. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, you play basketball and now you're, you know, a 6'6 six, six tight end. Oh, okay. Yeah, sign me up. And now you're on my fantasy team. <laughs> now Trav you're on my fantasy team. Oh, look at Big Travi getting in there. There he is. You guys just talking me into it, dude. I was like, all right. <laughs> all right. I needed a pick here with some upside. That that was the one. That's it. Hitchhiker. I almost, I almost pick him up. Went, almost went Randall Cobb because I think that there's a James Jones-esque, you know, season outcome Ooh. in Randall Cobb's future. Or that's possible, you know, uh, because James Jones came late back to the Packers and Rodgers gave him eight touchdowns that year. Oh, what a so, great – that was like, such I a great wave of wire pickup. Randall Cobb is a guy that definitely is, and then he just gets taken here by M. Stepney. Yeah, I think Cobb's got a lot of, you know, these late-round picks as a guy that could definitely – we that is exactly what we were lacking last year in this offense. He is a good slot-wide receiver, and who better than a guy that, you know, was in, you know, that uh, – Aaron Rodgers was in his wedding, so like that's that's stuff you want. Yeah, that's you know, a that's a big deal, dude. That's a big. I said Julius or um, Mo Ali Cox right now. I'm getting some Julius Thomas vibes. Yeah, right now. Ooh, okay. Where it's like it's a guy who's good, who now is getting a new quarterback, who is different than the guy he had before. Zach Ertz. Let's say he's fully healthy. Let's say it's his best version yet. He goes to his familiar favorite position. It's the tight end. Moali Cox, if you know, forget Jack Doyle. Like Moali Cox could be that guy. And every year there's an undrafted or 15th round tight end who ends up being a top five. Yeah. Like Moali Cox got those vibes to me. That's such a true statement, too, because when you think about it, it was um and he when De when Peyton went to Denver, remember, it wasn't it, it Julius was like came through um the preseason. You kind of saw him like actually elevated his game everyone was on jacob tammy that year because of that reason right i was like oh peyton with the tight end jacob tammy auto like he's a draft and then it ended up being julius and that could be what people are kind of perceiving for indianapolis with um uh now I'm, you just mentioned him but i forgetting his name uh the other the other tight end that they have 
behind Mo Alley. Yeah, or, Jack, Doyle. Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle. Thank you. Jack Doyle. Everyone could be like, oh, it's Jack Doyle. And then it's actually the guy behind Mo. Big Mo. Big Mo. Give me Big some Mo. Mo. What All a right. drive. We completed it. We did it. It's no Mo <laughs> picks available. No Mo picks available. <laughs> All right. So, Whisper Nation, we're going to go ahead now and shut down this section of the stream. We'll do the you'll see that one here. And then we're going to the behind the scenes episode where Johnny's going to let his hair down a little bit. I'm going to loosen up my shirt over here. Uh, if you will, I'm going to move on from this weird bit. And we're going to go ahead and just talk about the draft grades. We're going to talk about uh, the overall landscape. Um, so stick with us. Um, we'll be back in like three seconds. Make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you like and subscribe, please. Appreciate you guys. Right here. And just like that, we're back. Just like that, we're back. What's what going thinking? on? Uh, there we go. Full board here. We got a. We got. Do we want to Austin? Yeah. Do you want to take this first team? This yeah. Pal? So we'll break them. We'll break them down here, right? We're going to do our draft grades. We're going to take a look at every team that's not our own. So there's 14 teams minus three. We got 11 here. Um, we'll each go ahead and take. Uh, we'll do four, four, uh, three on that one, um, where we can break those ones up. Uh, I've been doing a whole, I'm doing a lot of talking about this one. So I'll go ahead and make myself the odd man out on this one. So we'll have Johnny do four, big Travi do four and I'll do three. And we're going to rotate these out. So how about we go ahead, um, and do it exactly in that order. Johnny, do you want to take number one, big Trav, take number two, I'll take number three, and then we'll just continue with that rotation until we get to the end of it. Uh, Whisper Nation, if you got questions, please continue throwing them out in the chat. We'll be getting them um, on this behind the scenes after the broadcast segment right here. Also, should we should we do a full screen like this, or should we do us in the photo or in the video? Behind the scenes, these are stuff you work out. <laughs> we'll work those ones out. No, yeah. All right, go for it. Kind of good. All right, so um, we have Brocal thirty eight at this one spot. He takes Christian McCaffrey one hundred one overall. Not a huge surprise. Gets Keenan Allen, uh, Terry McLaurin, and Adam Thielen as his three wide receiver stack. There grabs uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown at the one or at the eleven spot, excuse me, and Christian Kirk down at the thirteen spot to round out his wide receivers. To pair with Christian McCaffrey, uh, he went with Melvin Gordon, Gus Bus, Tony Pollard, and Mark Ingram. Interesting running backs there. I do like the the combo to try to fill in that wide receiver two, or excuse me, running back two, because between Melvin Gordon, Gus Bus, uh, I do think that there's potential to that one of those will pop off on any given week. And then you've also got Tony Pollard, who could end up seeing an uptick in both uh, targets or rushing attempts, depending on DAC information. For his quarterbacks, he took Herbert, Ryan Fitzmagic, and Jimmy G., not a bad stack there as far as uh, quarterbacks with high potential on a given week. And we know that they're gunslingers, right? Well, maybe not Jimmy G, but the, uh, all the other ones. And then for tight end, you got Noah Fant and Rob Gronkowski. Big fan. Uh, a lot of people are big fans of Noah Fant. Could end up seeing a pretty decent market share there uh, at, for a tight end. And then Rob Gronkowski, we always know that there's some kind of upside any given week with Rob Gronkowski. So I do like those two tight end pairings that you did there. Overall, very solid team. It's got a pretty high ceiling. 
and a decent floor, but we only look for ceilings here. So that's what I got. I like it. Good job. Uh, so I'll, I'll go next here with Mr. Meeseeks at the two position. Uh, so for his running backs, he went Kamara, uh, CEH, and DeAndre Swift with those first three picks. Then he got Ronald Jones in the sixth round and then called it a day on running backs. If I look at that running back core, I'm really actually excited about this, especially in best ball. You take the player and the team in Kamara because you, you trust in Sean Payton and Kamara. You take the team with CEH when you're trusting in the Chiefs, and you take the player in DeAndre Swift when you're trusting in him. So I'd really like the way that this breaks down, and two of those guys each and every week can have huge upside. Not to mention Ronald Jones on that Tampa Bay offense. You'll have his spiked weeks in, in best ball, so that's a good one to have there. He went with the wide receivers of Kenny Galladay, Robbie Anderson, in the fifth and seventh round. Then on the 10th round, all the way down to the 14th, he drafted Marvin Jones, uh, Eli, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Gabe Davis, and Sterling Shepard. So a couple uh, wide receivers in there. Obviously, Bateman's got the injury that uh, we don't know how long that timetable is looking right now, but it doesn't look great. I do love the Marvin Jones pick in best ball. Love get Galladay in best ball. And then Robbie's just like that sure floor guy that we think with Sam Darnold and in this offense could be really good. So I think solid lineup at, at wide receiver here for him. And then uh, TJ Hawkinson was a guy I was targeting, but I, I decided to pass on. Wish I kind of would have got him here. Uh, but 413, great spot to get Hawkinson here. And PPR should just be an absolute monster. Um, I don't even think, you know, best ball or not, Hawkinson is a, is a big guy to be targeting this year. Uh, and then we look at the quarterback position. Trevor Lawrence in the eighth and then Matt Ryan in the ninth. Big fan of uh, Trevor Lawrence, but I don't know. I mean, especially in basketball, I think you can invest in that. But Matt Ryan, I'm, I'm a little concerned about this offense changing to a more run-heavy approach we've seen under Arthur Smith. So would have liked to see you get a, a little more of an uh, sure upside guy uh, earlier on. So a little bit uh, weaker than I'd like it at quarterback, but I think this is a fine best ball lineup in your other skill positions. Uh, you did a good job with the with the wide receivers and running backs, in my opinion. Right on. Well, I'll take on number three then here, where Smitty Satow drafted in the third spot. Uh, Dalvin Cook was the first selection. And just also a shout out to Smitty's team in our listener league draft yesterday. I thought you did a really good job and didn't have a chance to shout that out when I was looking at it again in retrospect. So well done there. Let's take a look at this draft, though, in the best ball format. Dalvin Cook was the first selected uh, player off the board to pair along with him. You got Zach Moss, you got James Conner, you got Alex Madison. None of those other players are overly impressive, but you're going with essentially the RB anchor strategy. And in a deeper a uh, league like this with 14 managers, I think that's actually a pretty wise strategy. So you'd have Zach Moss presumably as that number two, but if anything happened to Chase Edmonds, you got Connor. If anything happened to Dalvin Cook, you still got that fill in there. So you're doing pretty all right there because your other positions are uh, presumably solid there. Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, um, and then Jamar Chase or Michael Gallup, Tyrell Williams would be your wide receivers. Um, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, and Jamar Chase have tremendous upside, especially those two. Um, and then at the quarterback spot, Dak Prescott, his ceiling is one of the highest. We're obviously concerned about that shoulder a little bit and coming back from that severe uh, ankle injury, but he's back. He looks pretty good, um, barring that that recovery from the shoulder. And Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold there to fill it in. I, I think both of those are pretty solid, and I really like the upside of Sam Darnold. At the tight end position, Ish Smith is your starter, but you got Jared Cook. You also got Everett. Um, there who a lot of folks are excited now his uh, first year in Seattle so I think this is a pretty good team in terms of ceiling you got you got one of the best running backs you got a couple of great wide receivers been a lot of time talking about CeeDee Lamb 
Um, you're struggling a little bit at tight end um, and you need Dak to show up. But if they do, you're sitting sitting really well. I think this is a well-drafted, well-thought-out team for best ball, especially Smitty. All right. I got Groggy Style here jumping in. So I'll break down what he did here on the roster. Took Ezekiel Elliott in the first round to pair with Chris Carson, grabbing Naheem Hines in the ninth. Got uh, Malcolm Brown in the 12th, and then my boy Quadri in the the 14th. Pretty good, solid stack of running backs there. For your wide receivers, you got A.J. Brown, Tyler Lockett, who we (laughs) talked about in best ball, who we love. Chase Claypool in the fifth round. Then you have Rieger in the 10th, Brian Edwards in the 13th, and Denzel Mims in the 15th. I think that these all are, are really solid uh, wide receivers, especially when you're talking about best ball, because the ceiling is very, very high for all of those guys. They can hit those home run plays and, and instantly uh, win you weeks with some of those uh, uh, weeks. So I, I do like your wide receiver stack there for your quarterbacks. You got Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson. We'll see what happens with Deshaun. But, you know, Tom Brady, uh, this is going to be, you know, a big year for him, I believe. Uh, so I like the fact you got Tom Brady with Deshaun Watson, very solid play there at quarterback. And then your tight ends are Higby and Robert Tunyon, two sleeper tight ends that I and Whisper Nation and that big Travi Austin are all big on this year. So I like this team. I think this is one of my favorite teams. This is solid from top to bottom. All right, I'll uh, jump in here on Hannibal. Uh, our good friend Chris Hannon, League of Record, and uh, just a good buddy, contributor to the to the brand. He took Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, and Daryl Henderson as his three running back, uh, three-headed monster at running back here uh, to start off the draft in the first, second, and third. Love the upside of all these guys, and in a best ball, this is, these are the kind of backs you want to take, and a Joe Mixon who could easily be top five if all things break right. Daryl Henderson, part of a running back. <laughs> Uh, state or part of a running back uh, or, or a team that has produced a back-to-back running back one. Obviously that was Todd Gurley, but uh, we like that upside there. Cooper cup, Cortland Sutton, DJ shark in the fourth, fifth and sixth round at wide receiver. Uh, then Corey Davis, Marquise Brown and Curtis Samuel in the eighth, ninth and 10th. Um, love the upside of Marquise Brown. Love the upside of <clears throat> Curtis Samuel in Washington. Uh, we've got Cortland Sutton and Cooper cup. Uh, rocking and rolling here so like Sutton's upside is obviously huge if Drew Locke can get it together and we know what Cooper Cup can do he's been a top five so I think the upside here at wide receiver is really really strong Uh, if we look at the quarterback position obviously waited a long time on quarterback and therefore got a guy like Zach Wilson Ben Roethlisberger and Jameis Winston so um, kind of a bigger weakness than I'd like at quarterback again here Uh, but uh, with best ball you could get those spiked weeks from Big Ben maybe Winston wins the job and if Wilson can get it all together You've got something there, but uh, uh, definitely this is going to be, you know, one of your glaring holes here as that quarterback. And then for the tight end position, Zach Ertz and Tyler Croft. Um, yeah, just not very expire, inspiring at the tight end position either here. Um, Would have liked to see you get somebody maybe like a, a Higby or a Tunyon earlier on, even a Jonu Smith or a Mark Andrews, some of these guys that were going a little bit earlier on. Uh, maybe not wait as long on tight end. So this one's going to have some trouble, but the running backs and wide receivers could easily um, – carry it on week to week but uh you're asking a lot out of the lineup without having you know those strengths at quarterback and tight end might be just me but i'm turning around a little bit maybe to zach Ertz. i think we all really washed him out and maybe there's a world where he there is yeah i do think that there is a world where he actually is just it was just a down year last year but we'll see 
We'll see. I kind of like him as a as a, one of those flyers from that side. But let's see then what Brett Johnson went ahead and did. Another friend, uh, our Toltum, our League of Record champion from 2020, uh, who takes Jonathan Taylor in the 1-8 spot and pairs him with David Montgomery. Goes running back heavy. He takes Josh Jacobs in the fourth and Mike Davis around later there in the fifth. Keeps the running back train going with David Johnson in the ninth, Marlon Mack in the 11th. Um, this is a lot of running backs for a best ball situation given – I mean, these are good running backs. Like, I would love this in a standard redraft league for sure. Let's take a look at the wide receivers to see who you went along with that because it is a half-point PPR. Mike Evans is your top dog with Juju Smith-Schuster and Debo Samuel being the other two presumed best uh, starters to go along with that. And then Russell Gage and T.Y. Hilton as fallbacks. I'm just saying there's not a ton of upside here from that wide receiver position. Juju Smith-Schuster is more of a consistent wide receiver too. He's not like that volatile, huge ceiling, low floor kind of play. He's a little bit more of a consistent piece. Mike Evans does have that huge boom ceiling. Like he could, he can make that happen. Um, but then at the Debo Samuel, it's there's a little less upside than I'd hope to see um, with this. And you got a lot of really great running backs, but in best ball, you can still only start two of them or then one of them in the flex. Um, in the quarterback position, you've got Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield. I like Baker Mayfield a lot this year. Um, as your number one in best ball, it's it's a little bit concerning, but it's it's not bad. Wentz could show up, could make some things happen. It, it, it gives me a little bit of a pause. Um, and then at the tight end position, Austin Hooper, good talent. They paid him a lot of money, but Njoku and um, Komets, and there's a lot of action over there for a run-heavy team. Eric Ebron, though, could fill in nicely. Um, I, I like I like actually what he's about. I don't think a lot of folks are talking about him because we got Friar Muth over there, but Ebron wasn't bad last year. This is, this is a great standard team. I, I think this would be a solid redraft squad. I'm a little bit concerned about the upside from, from best ball um, perspective. Um, I, think it's, I think it's like a thoughtful team from a lot of other formats. A little concerned about the upside. All right. I am going to go to Jay Blizzy, break down his team. You know, former listener league champ, also in this year's champ or in this year's listener league as repeating champ. He comes in here, gets Austin Eckler in the first round, and then he takes uh, Javante Williams in the ninth, Philip Lindsay in the 10th. Chuba Hubbard in the 11th and Latavius Murray in the 13th as his wide running back stacks, excuse me. And then for his wide receivers, he's got DeAndre Hopkins, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, T Higgins. That's a very solid wide receiver core. And then he's also drafted Antonio Brown in the 709 spot. So very solid from the wide receiver standpoint. He should have a lot of upside weeks there. Grabs Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst, a forgotten man there in Atlanta, who I think is going to uh, frustrate a lot of uh, people who have Kyle Pitts. So not bad at the tight ends there. I, I am a fan of Mark Andrews. Uh, and then your quarterbacks, similar to what you did in our listener league, you grabbed, uh, you waited, and then you grabbed Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, and Mac Jones, who? Mac Jones, uh, later on in the draft and so I think it overall, you've got a very solid team. The running backs and uh, the wide receivers are going to be pretty hard to, to beat. And I think you have a, a nice slew of of quarterbacks to get you through. I think I like this team. I was on mute, Johnny, when you hit the Mac Jones line. Oh, it's all good. I was right there with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> appreciate it. You're there in spirit. All right, I'm going to... 
take on Easy Daddy here and see what he did. He he went wide receiver heavy, upside down. Didn't take a running back until we uh, week number five or week number five, uh, round <laughs> number five. Uh, so he went Devontae Adams in the first, then Darren Waller in the second, Deontay Johnson and Brandon Ayuk in the third and fourth. Um, I love this build so far. Let's see how he was able to make up for it here. He went Javante Williams, I think, is a great best ball pick. We definitely want to invest in a guy who could easily win the job and is an electric running back himself. The quarterback position, I love what he did here. Ryan Tannehill, we know what he can do. We know that he has upside this year himself, but then also got Trey Lance and Taysom Hill at the quarterback position to help out Mm. with that uh, upside to make up for. I think with Kenyon Drake, J.D. McKissick, and Jarek McKinnon, um, as his backup running backs to, or you know, <clears> trying to fill that second running back uh, hole, you have a situation there where Kenyon Drake and and you know could easily step into a, a bigger role than people want, especially Josh Jacobs owners. But Jarek McKinnon, we've talked about earlier on the show. We talked about being truthers for him. Like this is an opportunity for McKinnon to really win leagues. So I'm excited about the upside you have there. A little bit would have liked a little bit more secure uh, running back as your RB2, but this is best ball, so you're swinging for it. I don't mind that. Uh, Callaway and Terrace Marshall as his uh, and, J- and Josh Palmer. Big fan of Palmer, and so are the Chargers. They like what they see out of him. Like the Blake Jarwin as your backup tight end because you already have Waller, who's going to kill it, but Jarwin part of a very high-powered offense there, uh, passing attack. So, uh, yeah, I think this team is, is really well put together. It went, you know, we talked about strengthening your strengths. You definitely leaned into that. You went with quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end. And so, yeah, you're a little bit short on, on running back depth, but I don't think that matters when you're only starting two running backs. You can kind of mix and max, match the other thing, especially in best ball here. So I, I like Easy Daddy's team quite a bit, especially out of the ones I've upgraded so far. All right. Moving then to the 11 spot, we got Bait Fish 2021, who selects Saquon Barkley with their first round selection. Let's take a look at the rest of the running backs they paired along with Saquon. Miles Sanders there in the third round. Raheem Mostert in the sixth. Rashad Penny in the 13th. And Dante Booker in the 15th. I really do like this running back situation. Um because of the upside these guys bring, you know, with I was talking about Brett Johnson's team before, and he had so many running backs like Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, David Johnson, Marlon Mack. Well, it's nice to have these guys spread out the upside that a player like a Josh Jacobs, a David Johnson, a Marlon Mack bring. Like, I don't think you're ever banking on them to get a 30-point game for you. It'd have to be a really weird situation. But someone like Raheem Mostert, I'm not surprised if that dude busts out a couple of long touchdown runs. Same thing with Miles Sanders. So I actually really love this wide receiver selection from a best ball format to pair along with Saquon, who's essentially kind of like your anchor in this spot. Uh, but you got some other nice uh, players who have a lot of upside to go along with that running back at the wide receiver position. You take Stefan Diggs in the second one of the best you could get nicely done there. And you pair Amari Cooper, Darnell Mooney, Michael Pittman, Cole Beasley, and Sammy Watkins up. You got a lot of nice upside wide receivers here to pair along with Diggs, who is one of the best. Um, Cooper is a fine pick week in, week out, and does have some upside. Mooney's got actually a lot of upside. Um, I think Pittman does as well. Johnny talked earlier about the draft stock he comes to the table with, and it's essentially an open uh, competition for who that lead dog is going to be from the wide receiver position in Indianapolis. Cole Beasley doesn't have a high ceiling, whatever. 
Um, Sammy Watkins, though, he could, I mean, he does pop off every now and again, and and there's been counts that he's been the best wide receiver out of Baltimore. So I like your wide receivers there. Kyle Pitts, you got his, you got the unicorn rookie at your tight end. I'm not sold on him his rookie season, but he's, you know, he's a prospect unlike we've seen. So it's a fun piece. Go for it. And then Matt Stafford and Jalen Hurts are actually phenomenal quarterback pickups there. Huge upside for Hurts. Everyone's expecting Stafford to have his best year yet. Um, you got him relatively cheap too. So I love that pairing. You also put Troutman along with Pitts, failed to mention that. So this is actually a really nice team, I think, from all of the positions. Um, well done, Baitfish. I don't think you have any holes. I think you got a lot of ceiling, and I think you made wise selections all the way through. Yeah, I think that was a, a really good team right there. All right. I got Naj or I got Najee here. I got uh, You wish. Yeah. M M Stepney. M Stepney. Uh here. We got Najee Harris in the first, followed by Travis Kelsey. Then, excuse me, I, I like to go and break down by positions. Uh, getting ahead of myself there. Najee Harris got James Robinson in the fifth round, followed by Devin Singletary in the seventh, Boston Scott in the 11th, and then uh, Tariq Cohen, who is still on the pup list there in Chicago in the 13th round. Then that was uh, followed by, for your wide receivers, you got... DJ Moore in the third round, Tyler Boyd in the sixth, Brandon Cooks in the, what is that, eighth, Devonta Parker in the 12th, and then Randall Cobb in the 15th. I, I, I'm i just not sure what the exact ceiling is for a lot of these players. I don't know if they're going to have a lot of like really monster weeks. They could. I do like Brandon Cooks uh, to have a few of those. Uh, you know, DJ Moore, I'm a fan of his, uh, but like Travis said, or Austin had pointed out, there's a lot of mouths to feed and it's still kind of up in the air on who will get the number one target share over there. And then as far as your tight ends, you've got Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, and Cole Clement. I do like that tight end stack there. Very solid tight ends with a lot of upside. Obviously, Travis Kelsey has amazing upside. And then for your quarterbacks, you got Lamar Jackson and Tua Tungavailoa. I am big fans of both these quarterbacks, and I think that uh, having both of those guys is going to be very beneficial for your team as far as uh, best ball goes. So very well drafted. Uh, I would have liked to see a little bit higher ceiling wide receivers than the ones you got. But again, they should all have uh, big potential on, on certain weeks, depending on matchup. So last but not least. TCP. Uh, so we have the cat's pajamas bringing out the rear here. He was the 14th pick on the turn there. Cat's Patrick, pajamas. Pa- yeah, cat's pajamas. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. He went with uh, as a dual quarterback system. We talked about how this could actually be something that guarantees him a top five every, or should be something that guarantees him a top five every week. We'll see how it shook out the rest of his wa- roster. Obviously, he's probably got the best combo of quarterbacks in the entire draft, but this is not a super flex. It is a best ball. He's just looking to pick one of those guys each and every week. Maybe it'll be about him taking that advantage from somebody else. We'll see. Uh, Antonio Gibson, Travis Etienne, Miles Gaskin uh, in the second, fourth, and sixth round, respectively, as his running back trio. Then his bench spots for running back, Gio Bernard, James White, um, some pass catchers in this PPR league that he liked to pair with those. So ETN's upside is obviously there. If they are able to fully implement him as the true gadget, you know, red zone threat that they want him to be, then that would be scary to pair with a guy with Gibson who we think can touch a CMC type workload. Then he takes Gaskin who should get the short lease. Even if the leash is short, he should get it as the starter for Miami. So definitely some upside there. 
When we look at the wide receivers, Jerry Judy, who I love, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Miko Hardman, Traquan Smith, and MVS in the 11th and the 13th and 14th to do his bench spots. So really what he did here was take Judy, who we like the breakout in this year, and take a guy in Devonta Smith who should be grandfathered into the number one position. And then he took a bunch of these upside guys in Waddle, Hardman, Traquan Smith, and MVS. So I really like what he did here as the wide receiver build. Um, some really big upside here. Then we have the tight end position where he didn't take it until round 10. He took Mike Kosicki, Johnny really high on Mike Kosicki in that passing offense for Miami this year. So there's definitely some upside there. Would have liked to see a pair one other more upside tight end with him. But you went Dan Arnold from Carolina. Uh, we just haven't seen in this offense that uh, the tight end's very valued, and we already know there's wide receiver help there and CMC. So I'm a little bit scared about you know investing in a guy like Dan Arnold. But you'll probably you know you'll probably just be relying on Yasiki then most of all for that. So in a best ball, wanted to swing a little bit more for the fence than a Dan Arnold kind of situation. So we'll see what happens there. This team is good though, and I think he actually kind of made up for going uh, QB heavy early. Um, I don't have a ton of concern other than a little bit of running back depth and then uh, the tight end position. So, but not bad to be sure on those positions when you're, you know, potentially only starting one tight end and two running backs. Mm -hmm. All right. Those are some great breakdowns. So Johnny, we're the winner of this one is going to be in the next year's listener league, right? How are we ultimately electing the number one pick or who, who, how are we deciding that? It'll just work itself out. Whoever wins the league. Uh, like oh, said, that's right. Yeah. All the picks are automated. Uh, the whole league is automated. So there aren't any, you know, waiver wire transactions or anything like that. The guys that you have on your roster now will be played throughout the entire year. And, uh, and then we'll have a winner. We'll have one winner and that winner will make it into automatically into next year's list. Oh, snap. Well, that's awesome. I yeah. apologize then to uh, pizza belly said so these aren't just mocks no these are this is a full best ball league like this is yeah. this is this is a best ball league that we just made so we'll be running this one all the way until the end and we'll see how it all shakes out that should be freaking fun i'm stoked to see that thank you for the clarification johnny mm -hmm. um, another opportunity next week to get into one of these too we're going to do one more of these best balls next week uh, with our final mock draft of the season before the regular season gets going. Exciting stuff there. But yeah, and another opportunity to get on uh, a best ball league with us. Just a question here from Rocket. What do you think of 14 man leagues? We're doing one in our listener league that we're doing now. I personally like larger leagues. I think it, it creates more room to find juicy picks that are gone. You know, people aren't paying attention to. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah. And it, it, I, it does make you have to play a little bit more strategy wise um, than when you're in like a 10 teamer. There's a lot of guys on the waiver wire. There's always guys you can fill in more easily. Whereas like 14, you really got to kind of do trades. You got to make sure you're eyeing the waiver wire like a hawk. Like there's a lot goes in. I that. think it was Z who said on our mock draft marathon that it's the hardest to win in an eight person league. Yeah. Ooh, Just because it's like. Be. You you know what I mean? Like it's everyone's the most so everyone's stacked. stacked. Yeah. Yeah. That could be, that could be definitely good. relies more on luck. I think in those situations when you, when you get thinner leagues like that, sure. for sure. All right. Well, whisper nation, if one of you guys, we'll so if one of you guys, a oh, good question. So if one of you guys win, then nobody gets the spot of the listener league. I assume we go with the next, the, the highest non TFW host. Correct. Yeah. Win. yeah. Correct. All right. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Great clarifying question. But they will get they will get not shamed, but they will 
th- there will be an asterisk. Todd and feathered. No, it's all good. It's all love. Thanks, Rock Out, and thank you for tuning along. If you're still listening and you haven't liked and subscribed, and you're enjoying what you're hearing, please consider doing that. Along with hitting that little thumbs up, even though this is a live program, we're coming to the end. These you can still watch them afterwards. Those thumbs up allow it to go out into the fantasy football ether, and we just love connecting with folks who love talking about fantasy football all year long, as which is what we're doing here at the Fantasy Whispers. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, Twitter, Discord. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon, buy the draft kit. Your draft is coming up. It's a really good draft kit. 15 bucks, right? Yep. That's right. There you go. John and Travis. Closing thoughts, last words. Nope. Like and subscribe. We love you guys. Thanks for joining us. I'm Austin Sear. That's Johnny Game Time Hicks. There's Big Travi. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Oh, you watched the whole video? That's impressive. But if you want to learn how to dominate your draft or win your league, why don't you head on over to thefantasywhispers.com and grab your draft kit today. Or you can click the link in the description below. And if you're still not sold, check out one of these videos.